Hi everyone, it's Owen from Code56 and I've got Abby Twomlow with me, uh, who is a Thrive Program Consultant. Uh, so hi Abby. Hi. <laughs> um, could you just tell us a little bit about Thrive and what that is? Yeah, so I'm a Thrive Program Consultant. I work with adults, teenagers, um, businesses and schools, um, teaching people about mental health and how to build good mental health and how to promote mental health, as well as overcome mental health issues that they may be struggling with. So I've asked Abby to be part of the podcast, basically because in the IT industry, it's something I'm acutely aware of, is, is this kind of burnout culture. Uh, and these are people who sometimes almost wear like a badge of honour about how stressed or how on they are all the time. You know, they take work with them. We've all got smartphones. We've all got tablets. You know, you can do your job from the beach. And there's a big undercurrent of, of these in IT. And I was just kind of wondering if that's just IT or if there's a bigger problem. It's a massive problem across the board, really. In the UK, we've sort of, it's the culture to be stressed. It's almost just become the normal to be stressed. And if you're not stressed, then you must be doing something wrong. And that can lead to you feeling like you're not doing a good enough job or you're not working as hard as you should be and you end up comparing yourself to other people, which is a dangerous situation, really. Mental ill health is the single largest cause of disability in the UK. So actually, as far as people having time off work, regardless of what um, line of work they're in, mental health is now the biggest cause of people having time off and it equates to 70 million working days a year. Now mental health is not just stress is it? It's going to be things like... Yeah there's lots of different things so it can be ranging from just stress, anxiety, depression is a growing problem yeah. um, right, right through to things like bipolar, um, self-harm, even things like addiction and suicide right through to suicide eating disorders there's a massive massive range of, of things within mental health especially in business we've got this really big thing about oh i'm a massive perfectionist and we see that as a really positive thing but actually perfectionism is one of the most dangerous and unhelpful thinking styles that i see and pretty much 99 percent of my clients that walk through that door one of them unhelpful thinking styles it's this predictable will be perfectionism okay and i think in business and the working environment, we see that, again, as you were saying, like it's a trophy thing. Oh yeah, I'm a bit of a perfectionist, I'm a bit OCD. We kind of talk about these things as a really positive thing, but they're not because you're striving for the impossible by doing that. So it's almost a really good excuse to beat yourself up when you don't get things to that perfect standard. You mentioned kind of, it's like wearing a badge or it's become kind of the everyday. So, so it kind of sounds like we're all, not just IT, we're all setting our baseline for stress in our day-to-day -day a lot higher than, than normal. Yeah. In my mind, surely we need a way to kind of reset ourselves so that it, mm. it kind of, instead of looking like a flat line on a graph, it kind of, it goes up with a peak and then comes back down. You see, is that fair? I, I suppose the thing with stress is stress is a normal, it's a perfectly normal response. A stress response is something that your body is designed to do. But, you know, it was inbuilt as your sort of fight or flight mode um, to alert your body to danger, to stop you doing something dangerous. So if you're stood on the top of a cliff, your stress response will kick in to say, this is dangerous, please take a step back. That's perfectly normal. But the problem is, is that we now live in that permanent state of stress, which means we've got this fight or flight mode over getting a, some paperwork done by the deadline or, or getting a task done or doing something you know, to the best of our ability, staying up late to get things finished, all that sort of stuff. That's become our fight or flight response and it, it kicks in your stress response. So now our body is sort of feeling like that's normal. 
our body needs to respond in a in a bigger way to make you notice and that's why we have more people struggling with migraines more people struggling with things like ibs and um, chronic fatigue these are all becoming a lot more popular things that people are, are struggling with because the body doesn't know how else to respond so it's quite often around the, the gut or headaches those kind of those kind of responses stress is designed to have a physical impact on your body so it will sort of start triggering headaches and your, your gut and things like that and a few people that have been well actually quite a few people that go through thrive um, have got these extra symptoms so they come saying oh you know i'm depressed I've, but i also struggle with migraines headaches and they tend to have these as sort of a side symptom and most people completely overcome them when they go through the program because they're managing their thinking and their stress to the extent where their body doesn't need to do that anymore. I think a lot of mental health, regardless of where, where you're at in your life, what job you're doing, a lot of it comes down to the beliefs that you've got about life and yourself and other people. And a lot of people think that mental health is genetic. So, oh, depression runs in my family or, yeah, you know, anxiety runs in my family. That's quite a common statement that you hear but actually it's not that it's genetic but it does tend to be learned behavior so okay yeah so so because my dad taught me how to look at a situation in that particular way that's that's just the nature of how i look at it so it's inherited but through learning not through genes yeah so if you imagine your the way that you, you view the world has a massive impact on the thoughts that that creates. If you imagine it like a pair of specs, if you like, you know those ones when you go to the opticians and you've got loads of different lenses in. <laughs> so one, you've got two. exactly. Yeah. So you've got different lenses on different situations based on what you believe about the world around you. So we don't view reality, if you like. We interpret everything that fits the belief systems we've got about yeah. the world. So that can be down to your cultural beliefs, your beliefs about relationships, your beliefs about work you know if you've got a parent that believes that you've got to be really stressed and be busy to be successful then the chances are that you're going to have that belief as well so it's almost like passing these specs on um, and they might be rose tinted and lovely but they might be really gray and murky and actually you fit every event and situation to tie in with your belief systems the more you feel like being stressed is making you successful the more likely you are to continue that way because that's success it backs you. up your belief yeah absolutely so so it's that kind of giving yourself that positive reinforcement in a negative way in this case it's that case of well i think this is working so i'm going to keep doing it but but like we said about the kind of baseline is that that that's just not it's not sustainable no um, and that's why you get this burnout that you're talking about mm. you know if you're trying to sustain that level of hard work and stress because you believe that's what you need to do to achieve and to do well regardless of whether you're actually doing any better or not you're if that's your belief you will keep trying to plow on that way and you've, you've got a burnout it's not sustainable at all just through talking about this it strikes me that the kind of solution or the the practices that everybody can put in place might be tailored a little bit more to the individual that makes sense does does that make sense is that fair is yeah so there's not like a, a book of tips that will apply to anybody and this is how you have great mental health it sounds like it's going to be a mixture of a lot of different things well the thing i like about what i do the thrive program is it is a training program so i'm not a counselor i'm not a therapist we teach people how to build good mental health and actually the basis for that is the same for anybody. So people aren't born with good mental health. You know, these people that you see at work, they're just like water off a duck's back, nothing bothers them. They seem to do well regardless. Things bounce off them. Sort of if people have been negative, it just doesn't affect them. That's what we call a thriving person. Somebody that's still doing well regardless of what else is going on around them. 
Now, they, they weren't born that way. They've learned to be that way through their beliefs and their experiences. So anybody can learn to be that way through a certain set of skills. So the Thrive Programme compiles 26 skills together to teach people how to have good mental health. And that's why we can take it into businesses, into schools, because actually, if you're dealing with one person, so when I'm working one-to-one -one with clients, yes, that's very tailored to where they're at and how they've got themselves to where they are. Yeah, because there might be a 10 out of 10 in one skill and a one out of 10 in another. Exactly. Yeah. So if somebody's coming, but the, it does make it predictable. So if somebody walks through my door that's struggling with depression, I already know which of those 26 skills are out of line because it's that predictable. And there aren't any other things out there that make mental health predictable. We don't view mental health in that way. We've, we view it as complicated and multifaceted and something you've just got to learn to cope with. And that's not true. It can be overcome and you can learn to build good mental health and build good, strong psychological foundations. So we were saying it's not a genetic thing. It's, it's this learned behavior. So that makes absolute sense that you can improve your skills. So for example, if I'm, rubbish at swimming if I go practice I'm going to get better at swimming is it that sort of exactly skill so you're, building? you're not going to jump into a pool and suddenly like be prepped to go to the Olympics it doesn't work like <laughs> that <laughs> you know you need to have some training you need to know which skills to use and how to put them into practice in your everyday but the more you do that the easier it gets and people say that as they go through the program because it takes about six to eight weeks to go through the program but most people say like once they started practicing it it does get much much easier yeah. but mental health whether it's good or bad is an active process you have to work at it to keep it keep it good guess, or bad so this is the burnout that we we're talking about where that's the the negative way of doing it yeah um because you are actively involved in that you're you know, you are making the choice to stress yourself out about all those things or build that task list or and not maybe talk about things. And I think I think that's something really simple that we could all start doing is just maybe talking about this stuff a little bit more openly and saying, you know, the, the whole Thrive program is based on not being a counsellor. So we don't have to talk about the problems. We don't have to talk about the, the individual things that might be stressing us out. Mm -hmm. um, but we can talk about different methods that work for us, different coping mechanisms we use, or some of the skills that we've kind of developed and how we've developed those. Yeah, the, the feelings that you get, whether it's stress, depression, anxiety, they don't happen to you, but they very much feel like that because you're so used to thinking in that way and interpreting things in that way that it, it doesn't feel like it's an active process. It definitely feels out of control and like it's happening to you, but it's not. You're still having to create thoughts around that um, but it's almost become your default setting, so you can't help it to some extent. And to build new skills takes work and it takes some guidance and you have to learn how to do that and you have to practice it to get better at that being your new default setting. But once you learn how to do that, it does become a really simple thing. And you find because of that, that those symptoms that you were having before aren't there anymore. When you feel in control of your thoughts and you feel in control of your emotions, you don't create anxiety or stress anymore. So in the workplace then, we're all members of a team or some of us might be leaders, some of us might be managers, some of us might be business owners. What are some of the simple ways that we can help people in our team to promote, that will promote positive mental health? Okay, so I think, I think leadership has got to be key here. I think we need to stop promoting perfectionism. We need to recognise when people have done a good job without saying, yeah, that's great, but... You know, stop asking for 120%. It doesn't exist. Perfectionism doesn't exist. I think people are giving themselves a hard time anyway without having that come from other people. Mm. Um, and I think, you know, as a business, 
get somebody in if you're not sure how to promote good mental health get somebody in that does that can help you and teach your management team how to promote good mental health because it's it's not hard it's a simple thing to do but you do need those skills to do that i think as a team it's being there for each other not being afraid to say if you've got a problem or if you're stuck rather than trying to plow through it you're there as a team for a reason to help each other be nice to each other just do simple little things like does anybody want a cuppa oh should we have five minutes just not looking at the screen or i'm not saying that you need to go on big adventure days out or anything it's the yeah. little things that count in business and if you've got good morale within your workplace, people feel like you're working to promote good mental health, you're gonna have a much happier team that are gonna be much more motivated and much more productive. I think there's some simple ways that when it's happening, you can almost challenge it as well. So if I'm working side by side with somebody and they're in a negative mood, I kind of, ch challenge is perhaps a bit of a strong word, but highlight to them that there maybe is a silver lining to the situation. Maybe, you know, it might be like, yeah, okay, that client's dumped it onto us at the last minute, but it works out great for us because we weren't busy or, yeah, it's lunchtime already. He hasn't a day flown by. It, it kind of, by proxy, it kind of says to them, look, let's try and find a positive together. Let's not dwell on the negative, but let's work together and, and kind of realize that, okay, we have this situation that needs to be dealt with, um, but we can choose how we react to it. Yeah, some things, you know, there's going to be things that happen in your life that you've got no control over. That's that's life. But you can control over how you react and how you feel about them. And I think you're right. It's called colluding when you sort of back somebody up and make them feel justified in feeling the way that they do. Now, that can be positive or negative. If you've got somebody that's like, oh, God, I'm, you know, I'm an awful day. This is really bad. And you're going, oh, yeah, I totally understand. Yeah, you're right to feel like that. I would as well. All you're doing is telling them that they're right to feel terrible about it. That's really unhelpful. So if you can get away from that colluding and, and like you say, challenge a little bit, but in a positive way, or yeah. even just just change their thinking to think about something different. Oh, well, never mind that. We can crack on with that. Did you watch this last night? Have you been watching this programme? Just change their thinking. And that can be helpful at changing their mood quite quickly. One of the things that I like is an idea of continuous improvement. So there's a quote from a TV show that I watch, uh, Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. One of the agents um, says, the steps you take don't have to be big, they just have to be in the right direction. I've latched onto that so much that I'm quoting fictional characters now. <laughs> but um, it's absolutely true in that if we take small steps to improve today, and we take small steps to improve again tomorrow, by the end of the week, month, year, we may have taken some pretty big strides forward. And it's about accepting that sometimes that takes time and it doesn't have to be perfect. And it's about recognising those positives as well. We're really good at picking out the negatives in our day. And actually, you can say, do you know, I've had a really bad day today, but actually it was probably a really bad five minutes that you've milked all day and it's made <laughs> you feel terrible. But we don't actually say, do you know what, I did that. I did a really good job with this, pro this project I've been working on today. Um, I said something really nice to a co-worker today. I asked if anybody wanted a cup of tea. We don't recognise the small positives in our day. We only focus on the negatives. And if we spend our whole life focusing on the negatives, it's no wonder that we feel terrible. Thank you very much for your time, Abby. You're welcome. Um, and if anybody is curious as about the Thrive Programme or what it is or what it can do, um, either in a personal way or in a business way, by all means, get in touch with us and we'll pass your details on to Abby and she can get in touch that way. Thank you very much. Thank you.